0: Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century, with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and the book at revivefamily.com. Welcome back to Parenting in the 21st Century. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family. And in studio with me today is Mick and Diane Gamlin. And they have been through quite a journey with influential parenting. But today, we're gonna be talking about this topic of trust. It's part of the five T's of family connection that we've been doing in a series. And we finally reached, I think, the most important T. It's trust. It's the foundation of our family. Because if trust is the bedrock of love. If love doesn't exist without trust, then trust has to be the foundation of our families if we're going to reach that goal of togetherness. We want to be together. We need trust. We need transparency, time, and talk. Those things will bring us to that point, that goal of togetherness. We're going to be talking about this crazy topic of trust because in our society... In the church, we hear, you have to earn my trust all the time. That's a mindset I was raised with. I know it's a mindset I believe, Mick, you were raised with. We have to wrestle with this whole thought, I think, of earned trust. And here's the reason why. When trust breaks down in a friendship or in a business relationship, typically what happens? That relationship ends. Uh, We're no longer in business with that person. We're no longer that person's friend. But within the family, it's so different. Because they're still going to be our husband or our wife. They're still going to be our kids no matter what. And so this whole thought of earned trust really breaks down in a family because if love does rest upon trust and our emotional connection with one another rests upon love, the second we say you have to earn my trust because you've broken it, now what does that say? We no longer feel connected. We're no longer feeling loved. We're no longer together anymore. That's the challenge. We're a family. And so we have to reconsider, I think, this whole thought process of earned trust. If we stop and think about it for a moment, if, let's say, our kid lies to us, now all of a sudden we are thinking to ourselves, I can't trust you. And if we say to our child, you have to earn my trust, what does that mean to that child? I know from talking to them in the research, they feel hopeless. They don't know what they need to do, how long they need to do it for, and basically they come to the place of believing they have to be perfect, maybe for the rest of their lives, to earn that parent's trust back again. And in that process, they're hurt because if trust is linked with love, they're not feeling loved, and that hurts. Mick, as you began your parenting journey, what was your view of trust with your kids?
1: Well, my view of trust was with the kids was it had to be earned because my belief was trust was equals respect. If you had the trust, you had the respect. If you didn't have the respect, you don't have the trust. And I just felt that that was the way it needed to be. That was my parenting style.
0: So trust and respect were linked.
1: In my mind, yes, trust and respect were linked.
0: Did that come from your upbringing, do you feel? or
1: I feel it had a lot to do with my upbringing and a lot to do with society.
0: Yes, yeah, society's definitely telling us all the time that we have to earn trust. We hear that message in the workforce with your job. I'm sure trust with the crews and construction and being a, a project supervisor can easily be damaged. Would, would you say that you've taken that also into your work environment as well?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say that uh, this has helped not only my family, but helped me in my work environment because you're right, the trust and the respect are are there in the in the construction field. I just feel that the way I handle people now or handle the guys now is I give them the trust and then they can feel comfortable and confident in the fact that you know I'm believing in them, I'm trusting them to get their job done.
0: Got it. Diane, over to you for a minute. I know that early on in your parenting journey that there was a lot of conflict in the relationship over how to raise kids.
2: Yes. What
0: was your view related to trust at the beginning of your parenting journey with Brenna?
2: Probably on the opposite side of the spectrum from Mick. I have a few trust issues of my own. So trusting... That Brenna would have the ability to go off and do something on her own was kind of my issue. We kind of helicoptered in, rescued her, didn't let her experience things, and be able to start learning how to do them on her own, which stopped her progress. But I don't know that I had uh, trust and, and respect linked like Mick did.
0: And I found that this respect issue is something that we see a lot with uh, parents. They don't feel like they're being respected by their kids because their kids aren't doing what they're asked to do. They're not listening. Um, That's a topic for a whole nother show because we're talking Mm -hmm. about trust today. If trust is bestowed, though, that's a totally different mindset. It's a mindset that has to believe the best in the people around us and in society today. I think it's gotten harder and harder to believe the best in the people around us. And it's led to a breakdown of trust. It's led to a breakdown of the neighborhood. It's led to an increasing sense of loneliness in our culture. We're connected by social media at a distance. It seems like we're connected to one another more and more at a distance. And there's less and less true emotional connection between people in society. And even, unfortunately, from my time with families within the home. I know at the beginning of your parenting journey, Mick, the, the emotional connection probably wasn't there that much. How close were you to your kids, to your wife at the beginning of your parenting journey?
1: I felt that I was, uh, everything was going great. I felt everything was just fine because that was my mindset back then. I just felt that, you know, I was getting what I wanted, I thought, and I started we started doing the influential parenting and realized that I was way wrong. I was way off.
0: What do you think was you were most off on?
1: What I was most off on was my own mindset of how to treat people like people and not treat them like a
0: an object. You would say you were kind of the in-charge father that kind of expected immediate obedience, wanted control.
1: I would go as far as say I was, I was the dictator of the family. I mean, I was the, the ruler of the family. I felt that I had to rule by an iron fist. When you think back
0: to those days, you felt like that's what was the right way. You felt like you were close to your family while doing that. That is correct. Why the change? If, if you felt like that was working, why did you start to believe you needed to listen to Influential parenting?
1: Well, back then I thought it was working, but then I realized it wasn't working because the fact that our family was falling apart, you know, the fact that I wasn't happy, I wasn't getting, I mean, I was getting what I wanted, but I wasn't getting what I really needed. I just felt that my, um, my heart wasn't there. I wasn't feeling the joy. I wasn't feeling the love of a family.
0: Diane, mix indicating that, you know, he wasn't feeling loved and he wasn't receiving the love that he was hoping to get. Let me ask you, were you feeling loved and trusted back in that time frame?
2: No, not at all. Um, I didn't think any of us felt love or trusted in the family. I know that when issues would come up between us and the kids, his dictatorship style of parenting (laughs) and my helicopter parenting style definitely clashed. And then when he would come in and override whatever decision I made, I did not feel trusted at all.
0: Okay. And I know that left both of you in a place where the relationship was on the bubble. It was on the brink. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you happened to listen to influential parenting and started to have what I would say is a change of heart. Oh, Maybe definitely. a heart awakening, which is what, you know, that's our tagline, revive family, a change of heart. That's what was needed for me and my family. It was what was needed for you and your family. So let's talk about this whole thought of trust on the positive side. We've talked a little bit about the fact that you felt like trust was earned and that you weren't feeling trusted, Diane. Given all of this, uh, what changed? You become influential parents. You go through the course. You begin leading small groups. You start helping other families make the change. What's changed in your home related to trust
2: Like I said earlier, I had trust issues. So to trust Mick and to trust our children was really hard for me. So going through influential parenting, it actually changed that. I have more trust today than I did back then. As we extend the trust to Brenna, it gets even easier to trust.
0: Diane, you just said once you started to trust Brenna, it got easier to trust. It helped start to resolve your trust issues. I'm sure there are a lot of parents going, wait a minute, especially if they're in the earned trust mindset, that doesn't make sense. How did that work? How does beginning to trust your child lead to solving trust issues and having more trust in your child? Because that seems so inverse of what we hear in society.
2: I know it seems counter to what we've been told. It's actually freeing because as you extend the trust to them, they will rise up to it and they will surprise you uh, on how much they do and already are capable of. A lot of times we don't think they're capable of doing something, but they are. For example, I think it was back in the seventh grade, Brenna had a, a planner, and we had stopped checking in with her daily or you know hourly sometimes <laughs> about her homework. And it had been quite a few months, and she plopped down on the couch next to me, opened up her planner, and all of it was filled with all of these notes and dates and homework times, I started asking her questions on how things were going and how classes were. And she's like, good, really good. And I'm like, how's your assignment load going, you know, between soccer and school? And she goes, great. I have this, 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 and this. And she's pointing to her calendar and her planner. You know, most parents are worried about, you know, are they getting their assignments done? And, you know, thinking that they have to hover over them to make sure they turn them in. We don't have to do that. And it's a lot less time and commitment. (laughs) And it's a lot more responsibility and freedom in that
0: what i hear you saying is that when you changed your approach she stepped up and you started to trust her you extended trust she stepped up further and all of a sudden that cycle became one of self-feeding mm-hmm. where i have more and more confidence yeah. she's taking more and more responsibility mm-hmm. so i have more and more trust and all of a sudden you started realizing that that didn't just apply to your relationship with your daughter but it applied to all of all of your relationships
2: It does. It's helped build the trust relationship with Mick. And that was a struggle in the very beginning, too. And over the years, I've noticed that I'm starting to trust him more and more and having less questions, although he might disagree at times. but
1: (laughs) (laughs) Only when we drive. (laughs) It's
0: interesting to think that when we extend trust, when we bestow trust, that the people around us will step up. They will draw closer to us. They will feel more loved and accepted and therefore be more cooperative. We'll be back in a couple of minutes to continue our discussion about trust and how it works when we change our paradigm from earning trust to bestowing trust upon our kids. Become part of the growing family of parents who interact with Revive Family Online. Every week, we share new content, ideas, and encouraging blog posts via social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. Follow us today to receive helpful insights and ideas from myself and the Revive Family team. Welcome back to Parenting in the 21st Century. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family, and we're continuing the conversation with the Gamblins about trust. Before we took a break, Diane mentioned that she had trust issues, and she said she had a hard time trusting Brenna. She had a hard time trusting you, Mick. Thinking back to those days prior to influential parenting, when she wasn't trusting you, when she wasn't bestowing trust upon you, where did that leave you as a father? How did that leave you feeling as a husband?
1: It left me feeling as if I was inadequate, as if I wasn't the leader of the house. I just wasn't in control. I wasn't in charge. So that's probably what caused you to fight for control even more that is correct. I would try harder to get the the control I vastly wanted back then,
0: which then would of course compromise your trust even further. I would imagine Diane oh yeah, so you guys were in a vicious downhill spiral
2: mm-hmm a fight or flight cycle that
1: is correct yeah it was it oh. was pretty it was pretty down low I mean it was pretty bottom of the barrel kind of for a marriage and for a family
0: and Parents, I want you to hear this. They were in a downward spiral because of a lack of trust. And I've seen the same downhill spiral in the relationships between kids and their parents where
1: things break down further and further. And Mm -hmm. what did it take to reverse that cycle? What it took for me was to look internally within my own heart to see what I wanted, what I needed to do. I couldn't change... I realized I couldn't change Diane, I couldn't change the family unless I first changed myself. And then we came, to, came together cohesively as a family and worked on it together. Not just It wasn't just me alone.
0: And on your side, Diane, it took actually stepping out of that mistrust place and beginning to bestow trust.
2: Yes, which was very, very uncomfortable <laughs> and scary.
0: <laughs> uncomfortable and scary. And, and parents... I know you're feeling the same way as I'm talking about bestowing trust upon your kids. But did that trust break the cycle for you too?
1: Did the trust break the cycle? The downhill
0: spiral that you were in.
1: Yes, that trust did break the the, the spiral, the downhill spiral.
0: And I have found the same thing over and over again with families, parents that I coach. When the parents begin to bestow trust upon the kids, all of a sudden, the relationship begins to change. All of a sudden, the kids start feeling loved. All of a sudden, the kids start listening. All of a sudden, they start stepping up. Why do you think kids step up with their trusted, Mick, instead of stepping back when they're being told they need to earn the trust?
1: Because I think that the kids really want to step up because they want to be that adult. They want to be in charge of their own life. It's their, their life, and it's their own desire. They want to have that freedom to kind of make the adult choices. Diane, they want the freedom
0: to make those adult choices. When you began extending Brenna, the trust and the belief, and you empowered her to make choices, what's been the outcome? Has it led to mayhem and chaos and horrible decisions like parents' fear? Or has it had the opposite effect with Brenna?
2: It's had the opposite effect. Matter of fact, she's more mature than a lot of her peers, and she has been for a number of years. She makes great decisions and decisions that sometimes it doesn't sound like it's coming out of a 16 year old it sounds more like somebody who's in their 30s would be making
0: we've seen that time and time again that when parents begin to see their kids as more capable and they extend that belief and trust they bestow trust as opposed to holding back trust and asking their kids to earn it all of a sudden, they feel more confident, they feel more empowered, they step up, they begin to make more decisions. And as a result, I do believe they mature more quickly. We've seen it with all of our kids ending up in charge of the front desk of hotels at age 18, mm-hmm. there by themselves in the night shift when all the things go crazy and they handled emergency after emergency very well because all through middle school and high school, We started to treat them like they were adults and extend them more and more responsibility, help them self-manage. But all of that requires bestowing trust. It's not like they didn't make mistakes along the way. It's not like Mm -hmm. there weren't some bad decisions along the way. But after those, when we talk them through and we bestow the trust again, they step up even more. Have you seen that in Brenna's life, Mick? where she's made maybe a bad decision, and then you talk it through, and all of a sudden she sees the light and starts to make better decisions after that?
1: Yeah, I've seen that uh, off and on quite a bit here. I mean, she'll she'll make a mistake, and then we'll talk about the mistake, talk about what what happened, what caused it, what can you do differently. And it's more of a a heart-to-heart conversation that we have with her. And then she realizes that what the mistake was, she learned from it, and she moved on, and she could just take that experience and just keep – gaining from it. I know
0: that you're here in Colorado with me in studio. Brenna's at home alone and a neighbor texted you and wanted to borrow your truck. Obviously, your daughter's the only one that's at home. What happened in that whole interchange?
1: A friend of mine had texted me and said that they needed to borrow a truck or my truck. And I told them they can come over and get it. Texted Brenna and said, hey, you know, so-and-so is going to come over and borrow my truck and the keys are hanging up by the back door. And if, you know, they get hold of you that it's okay to let them borrow it. And she's texted me back. My 16 year old stepdaughter texted me back and said, Hey, um, do you, are they going to borrow the truck or do you want me to go help them with the move? You know, take the truck, go help move and move this person. And I just told her, I said, either way, whatever you want to do. I mean, it's up to you. And Brenna took it upon herself and said, okay, I'll take the truck. I'll go meet him. We're going to meet him at four o'clock. We're going to do the move. And that was it. That's pretty amazing. A Mm 16-year-old offering
0: to go help a friend with a move, one of your friends, not one of her friends. Mm -hmm. This has been the outcome. Do you think if you hadn't changed from earning my trust to bestowing trust, from control to empowering, from traditional parenting to influential parenting, do you think that's where Brenna would be today?
1: Absolutely not. I don't think it's just Brenna that wouldn't be there. It wouldn't be me there. I wouldn't have trusted her or anybody to drive my truck because it's mine. And the fact that Brenna wanted to help and the fact that she doesn't like driving my truck and she went ahead and did it anyhow is just a godsend. It's just a blessing. When you
0: think about where you were to where you are today, Diane, what's the difference? What's Where's your heart at today compared to where it was before?
2: We're not focused on negative anymore. Uh, We see positive, we see what is capable of doing versus what she might be in our minds in the past would have been considered wrong. And it's just been, it's been night and day and it's hard to explain it. You almost have to live it.
0: Diane's saying, you know, it's almost hard to describe to parents the outcome. You almost have to live it. What have you seen with your daughter by changing to an influential approach as opposed to a dictator-controlling approach? What have you seen by extending, bestowing trust upon Brenna?
1: Just like what Diane said, not make, only making great decisions, but making some decisions and attitudes that I would have never expected out of a 16-year-old. And especially before we were doing the influential parenting, I would have never expected anything like that of any child
0: Do you believe that Brenna would be making these types of decisions if you hadn't changed as a father, if your heart hadn't changed, if it hadn't softened, if you hadn't started to make that emotional connection,
1: that relational connection with Brenna? Absolutely not. I don't think that she would have had the the heart to do so because as children are, they learn more by example. They learn more, more by watching us and more by reading, I guess I would say your heart. And my heart was so hard that There's no way she could have. So I believe in my heart that she learned it because I first changed myself.
0: So parents, as you're listening to this, I hope you're getting a picture that bestowing trust is vital, that a heart connection with your child is vital. And that it's when we support them in these ways that they begin to grow. They begin to mature. Their hearts begin to develop and they come to make great decisions because they have great hearts. One of the things that I'm convinced of is that oftentimes this earned trust thought process prevents us from stepping in this direction because we're not understanding the true heart of our kid. We're not understanding their true desires, where they're really at. We're so busy telling them, controlling them, trying to keep them from making bad decisions, we don't truly hear their hearts. And as a father, without doing all the research, without talking to all the kids I talked to, I'm not sure I would have ever come to understand them. And that would have made it very difficult for me to extend trust to my kids, to bestow trust like we did. And it turned around my family as well. So here are some of the things I think from the research that will help parents that are struggling with bestowing trust to maybe consider actually doing it. In the research, I found that the kids never set out to hurt us. Oftentimes, they're responding to hurt within and saying harsh things, but it wasn't their desire to hurt us. The other thing I found is there wasn't a single kid in the research that got up any morning and said, I want to go mess up my life today. They want to succeed. They do feel bad about their mistakes. In fact, I'm finding most of the kids I talk to are beating themselves up over their mistakes. And then we're coming in with our own force, our WWF wrestling off the top ropes, boom, to drive home the failure. And that's only compounding the negativity because they're already down on themselves. That every kid I talked to wanted to please their parents. They wanted to be close to their parents. They wanted that emotional connection that I think we all desire, that we believe they want nothing to do with because they're hiding in their rooms. But we haven't been asking ourselves the vital question of why are they hiding in their rooms? Is it more on their side of the ledger or is it really social media's fault? Is it really the fault of Netflix and YouTube and video games? Or is it really on our side of the ledger? We're going to wrap this session up by letting you both answer that question. Is it because of the video games? Is it because of the social media? Is it because of Netflix and YouTube that our kids are hiding in their rooms or not? Mick, what's your answer?
1: I believe it's not. I believe that the fact that... uh... What you said earlier—the kids want to please their parents. They want to have that relationship with their parents. And I just think that the video games and the Netflix and the social media is a way to hide their pain. It's to hide the 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 fact that they really want to, you know, have a relationship with their parents. Diane.
2: Yeah, Brenna's hardly on her phone. Uh, we notice an uptick in activity though if she's going through a stressful time or if she's having an issue with somebody. And so that's when we notice that she'll close her door more often or she'll binge watch on Netflix. But other than that, when she's on a normal day, we binge watch together or she'll be down in our our living room with us or she'll have her door open even if she's relaxing in her room so she can still kind of interact with everybody in the house.
0: So are kids hiding in their room because of social media and video games or what? Okay. Why are kids hiding in their rooms in your opinion?
2: I think they're hiding in their rooms to escape us to escape the negative atmosphere in the house, to escape the, they already feel negative about themselves. And so then when we start complaining at them or harping on them or talking to them about something they've already thought about, then they retreat to get away.
0: That's what I've found in my research. Thank you for joining us for Parenting in the 21st Century. I'm going to encourage you to drop the thought process of your kids have to earn your trust, and I'm going to beg you to begin to bestow trust upon your kids because that will interrupt the cycle that was going on in the Gamlin's house. It interrupted the cycle that was going on in my house and it can and will interrupt the cycle that may be happening in your homes. We'll be back next week with another topic related to our kids and how we can be influential parents, the type of parents that our kids want to follow instead of have to follow. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.